Welcome to Keeping It Real's podcast, where we believe in real hope, real love, and a real God. We pray that this message encourages you and builds your faith. Hey, welcome to Keeping It Real Ministries. Glad that you're here. We're going to believe God for some, some good things. Hallelujah. You know, you know when, if, uh, when they send astronauts out into space, they send them to the space station, uh, that they have to wear... There's, they, they take oxygen with them because they're, we're not from outer space. And so you have to take the earth with them, you know? They have to breathe oxygen. They have to breathe the earth. And it's the same way for Christians, you know? I said, the Bible says that we're not of this world either and that we're from heaven. We are citizens of heaven. And that it's important that Christians breathe heavenly air. We, gotta, we have to pull ourselves out of the world and we have to separate ourselves and come and breathe spiritual air. We have to be, like I said, if I work, I work in Hollywood, pretty close to Hollywood. That atmosphere does not produce faith. That's, that, that atmosphere isn't say, lift up your hands and worship and sing and praise and thank God. It's not saying that. You know, we, we can go to any university, you know, like so you can go right down to CSUN and on that campus, you know, that, that's an educational fa uh, facility. It's not saying worship God, lift up your hands and praise and thank and prayer and, and pray and all that. It's not doing that. It's like I said, if we're Christians. We, we come to church, you know, we, we come to church and we gather to breathe spiritual air, to be encouraged by one another, to be refreshed, to speak the words of faith and hope and encouragement and love. And I mean, that, that's a beautiful thing. And that's the importance of coming to church. It's one of the, the most, I think, just to breathe the air and to lift up our hands and to sing unashamedly about our, our Savior, our God. We can do it in any place, but it's nothing like you and I gathering together and doing it. Can you say amen? Thank God for his grace today. We want to believe God for some good things. One big announcement I do want to make, and I'm sure it's going to be said again, but uh, this Wednesday, we have Pastor Gino uh, Aragon coming, coming to preach for us Wednesday. You do not want to miss this guy. If you've never heard him, he's preached for us a long time ago. And so I told him to come on Wednesday night. I said, that's when it's, I said, our, I said, Sundays is always good. I said, but I really would like you to come on a Wednesday and crank it up for us, and I'm talking about it, and, and pray. it's just going to be a good time. So keep that in mind. It's 7.30 this Wednesday, right out here in our fellowship hall. We pack it out, and, um, and God moves in a special way. I want to encourage you to come. Bring somebody with you. Bring somebody desperate. Bring someone who doesn't know Jesus. You know, that's one of the most important things that you and I could ever do. In fact, that's the reason that we are saved you know, I believe God touches us and changes our lives for the purpose of bringing others to Christ. And so there's an absolute necessity in this. And I want to encourage you, take it, make it a personal responsibility to tell somebody about Jesus and what Jesus can do in, so, in their life. Especially, well, all people, man. But I, I, like I said, I love desperados. I like people that are messed up and tore up, man, and their lives. The world's given up on them, man, but God hasn't given up on them. God loves people, he cares about people, and he wants to save. Just like he saved us, he'll save them. Are you with me? Praise God. Thank God for his goodness. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. We're going to start reading today, and I just want you to, we'll get to it. But I, I'm just thinking, I said that we, last week, last Sunday, I was preaching about the hardest thing that we will ever do. I mentioned it, spoke about it, 
some part in that message, but the hardest thing that we will ever do will be to fulfill our destiny. One, the hardest thing in life that we will ever, ever do is to enter into what God has for us or to fulfill our dreams. It's, it's, not, a, it's not an easy thing, you know? And um, a lot of times people give up on what they dream about and they give up on pursuing God or the things of God, you know, uh, simply because it is hard. You know, or a dream or a vision that you have for your life. You know, like I said, you can, you can give up on it simply because it is hard to obtain it. It's been, you've been laboring and working or believing or sacrificing. And maybe it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't come to pass. And, and so it, the temptation is to give up on that thing. To, to give up simply because it is hard. And, 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 and things being hard in life can be overrated. Just because we, it's very easy for us to say because it's hard, it's not God. And that is absolutely not the truth. Simply because something is hard doesn't mean that it's not God. It just means that in order to get it, it's going to take a lot out of us. Are you with me? Whether that's a marriage or whether that's raising a family, or whether that's a, how about a relationship with God? A relationship with God is, it's available to everyone, but not everyone is willing to pursue God because pursuing God is hard. Not because he's not there, but because so many different obstacles and things to, to deter us and to hinder us. Uh, but it, but God, I'd say that God is a worthy goal. Can you say amen? amen? Bible says if we seek, we're going to find. If we knock, he's, he's going to answer. If we cry out to him, he answers us. And so that he says, I'm here. But there are so many things between us and God. And this is where pe a lot of times people give up. We give up. Simply because it is hard. Getting an education is hard. Raising a family is hard. Having a good marriage is hard. Having a good job, a, a career, and, and developing that is hard. Building a church. Everybody, everybody who's been with me for a while, hey, building a church is hard. Building a church is hard. It is not easy. One of the reasons why people don't build or why the reasons why people don't work with people. You like to say working with the site, making disciples, helping new convert, new believers uh, uh, live for Jesus is hard work. Praying and fellowship and phone calls and texts and, and believing God for them and laying hands on them at the altar over and over again. Then, then people fail and they mess up and they do something stupid and there we are loving them again, helping them, uh, cleaning them up, uh, putting the bandages back on them, trying to encourage them, get them back in, and, and to living for God. It's hard work over and over again. And it's worth it. It's worth it. And so it is a fact of life, you know, that things are hard. Something about living for God or spiritual things or the things of God, there's, there's, it's, uh, I was thinking, I said, you know, my, in fact, my wife and I, we went to Alaska about five years ago and we got on this jet boat and in the jet boat, you go up this r raging river. And when you, they, after, they bring you to a place, it's, a, it's like a, a couple hours, two or three hour ride. It was pretty nice, you know. And uh, you're seeing all different types of things and animals and all that kind of stuff in Alaska. Alaska is beautiful if you ever want a vacation between August and August, let me see, July and August. That's the two, times, two months you can go, or the best times to go. 
But when we're on this river, we get to one place, and we are at an absolute standstill. The, 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 the guy driving the boat, the jet boat, he's got the pedal floored. That engine is roaring, but it can't go any further. And actually, the boat actually stops in a spot. And they, and they tell us we can get out now. We can get up out of our seats and walk around. And we are in the middle of this raging river going nowhere. And the boat feels almost, I mean, it's absolute stable because he's, he's, he's got it, you know, and he's got the pedal down. But because the, the water is moving so fast and so strong and so rapid, and then the, the power of the jet boat, I mean, he's got it floored. And so you're just at a standstill. And I can't help but think that a lot of times in living for God that, that, that the world itself is such a raging force. It's such a raging force against, the, against us, against the life that we want to live, against the goals that we have, the direction that we want to go. And we will either find ourselves either swept up or stuck in a rut. We're in a spot simply because of, of life. The wor- and I'm saying the world. Just like I was talking about, I said, go, I said in Hollywood, I said, when I, if I walk down the street of Hollywood, what do you think? Is everything about Hollywood, if you've ever been down, I mean, it's not, it, you know, we know what Hollywood's a lot, lot like, is does it encourage us and help us to live for God, or is it resisting? Okay, I, I read the news a lot. I read about four, uh, you know, my iPad is loaded. The news is something I like to read. But you know what? When I'm reading the news, is the, does the news encourage me to live for God? No. I'll answer that one right now. Does it encourage me? Does it, does it move me or motivate me? I realize now i got to cut it out because it's depressing me. Because of what I'm reading over and over again. Yeah, facts and truth and information, but none of it is encouraging. None of it is moving me to, to, to anything. It just takes away the life. When you watch television and things that you watch, is it encouraging you to live for God? Is it helping you? And so this is what I'm talking, these are things, uh, and I'll say, of the, wor- the, the world, the world system, its thought processes, your favorite TV show, does it encourage you to live for Jesus? Or is it, when you're really honest, you say, you know what, everything that they're saying and laughing about opposes me living for God. It resists me. It's like that river, and it, and it hinders me. It's coming at me, and it's trying to resist me from moving forward. Are you with me? And so there's nothing to encourage us in, and it's, it's such a strange thing. And this is why I come back to this thought that said, when it comes to living for God, when it comes to achieving good goals, when it comes to, to entering into the promised land, the promises of God, and your destiny, and your purpose, and what you was born for, and, and, every, and when it comes to you having a good relationship with Jesus Christ, the, the world resists us. Everything opposes us. It is diabolically opposed to the direction that we're going. It is a fact. And so it is important. It is 100% important, absolutely important, that we acknowledge that. That we acknowledge that the hardest thing, I said, we, the hardest thing we'll ever do in this life is entering into, is, is living for God and entering to the things that God has for us. Hallelujah. 
in, faith, in Romans chapter 4, verse 17 to 25, and I want to challenge you because there's only really one thing that will help us overcome these obstacles and these issues, and, and which, which brings me to is the, is the issue of faith and believing and trusting and holding on to God's promises and, and, and believing that God, you know, for what God has spoken to your life about, the, you know, because life itself will erode. It will strip away our faith and our hope and our confidence in God. And we have to be able to, we have to acknowledge what's happening. And we also have to regrip and readjust and press in. And so that we can, so that we can beat this thing. Romans 4, 17, and it says, this is what the scriptures mean when they say that God made Abraham the father of many nations. God will accept all people in every nation who trust God as Abraham did. And if you don't know who Abraham is, the, called the father of our faith. He's a patriarch. He's in the Old Testament. He's the one who God commanded to offer his, his son Isaac up. As, a, as an act of faith, and then God stayed his hand, hold his hand back, and, but Abraham was willing to do it because he believed that, Abra that God would even raise his son back from the dead because he's the promised child, and so that's a, that's a whole other story, but we're talking about this guy, and it says, and the promise is from God himself who makes the dead live again and speaks of future events with as much certainty as though they were already past. So when God told Abraham that he would give him a son who would have many descendants and become a great nation, Abraham believed God, even though such a promise just couldn't come to pass. And I'm thinking about this, and if you know the story, Abraham and his wife, and the Bible goes on to say that Abraham's 100 and his wife is 90, and God comes to them at this most impossible time, and promises them a child all this time. They had never ever been able to have kids, but God speaks to them. He speaks to them and gives them a promise. He says, not am I going to give you a child, but his descendants, uh, okay, they're, all, they're going to be a great nation, a great nation. If you can number this, the number of sand on the seashore and stars in the sky, Abraham, that's going to be the number of your descendants. And it had to have rattled this man's cage. It, it had to blow his mind. It's like, what do you mean? You know, and so God comes to us and he makes promises to you and he makes promises to us and, and he stirs us to have faith and he wants us to believe about what he can do in our lives and in our situations or our family or our kids or, or the church itself. And he, 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 we, we can feel it. He presses upon us. The Holy Ghost moves upon us, but sometimes it's so big or it's so far or it's so away you know that we can hardly even grasp it and it says that Abraham believed God even though such a promise just couldn't come to pass we think about this place and believe me over and over and all the years that we've ever been here I've always thought that that this place would be full with people you know, full, and, and that, that, that's a dream, that's a goal, that's a direction. It's a, like I said, I want fruit from my labor, not like we just have to have this big church, but I'm laboring and I'm working and I want to see people make heaven their home. And, and my dream of heaven, you know, just like I got a dream of having 10 grandkids, you know what I mean? <laughs> Guys get busy. You know? That's, that's a dream. It's something I believe for and I, I expect it. Like I said, I love that kind of stuff. And so, I, like, same thing with the church. Hey, maybe, but you, you, it's very easy for us to say, you know what, that, uh, that, uh, 
Well, never happened. Cindy's back here said, well, you can forget that 10 grandkid thing. That ain't happening, you know. But it's very easy for us to say, you know, that, you know, we'll never see God move or God, you know, et cetera, or, or, you know, or revival break out or this place packed or whatever. Abraham believed God, even though such a promise just couldn't come to pass. God speaks to us. He speaks to you about your life. You know, like I said, he, he, it's like he'll give you a glimpse. The Holy Ghost will give you a dream, man. Just open your eyes, and here you are thinking good, wonderful thoughts about your life, and they can be so good and so wonderful that you could, that would never happen. You may know what I'm talking about. That, 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 that's way beyond me. That will never happen. That's just like, that's for somebody else, somebody good, somebody sweeter, wonderful, more, more spiritual, but definitely not me. And it's the Holy Spirit that's trying to show you, trying to open, trying to, he's the one landed on your heart. And it's not because he, he likes, and he does it for a reason. He's like, he says, this is what I can do. This is what I want to do in your life. This is what I will do, but we can actually shut that off by doubt and unbelief and a lack of faith. Here it says, Abraham believed God even though such a promise just couldn't come to pass. Verse 19, and it says, and because his faith was strong, he didn't worry about the fact that he was too old to be a father at the age of 100 and that Sarah's wife at 90 was also much too old to have a baby. He didn't look to his own self. In verse 20, it says, and Abraham never doubted. He believed God. He never doubted, but he believed. He believed that God could move. He believed that God could do the impossible. He believed that God could change things for him, even though it was a certain way for so long of a period of time. You with me? You've been alone. You've been alone for so long, you can't imagine anything being different. You have been bound. You have been hooked. You have been strung out for so long that you can't imagine anything ever being different. You have been, you know, this emotional crisis in your life and the depression or, 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 or the mental state, you know, this unhappiness. And you can't even imagine it being, a go uh, uh, being gone because you've had it so long. And nothing has changed it and nothing has fixed it. Nothing has made a difference, but it says that Abraham never doubted. He believed God. He believed, and, and so it's a challenge for you and I. He says, this guy, has, God makes him a promise that's almost, that is physically impossible, but God makes the promise to him, and because Abraham knows God, he says, hey, I believe it. If God said it, that settles it. That's okay. For his faith and trust ever stronger and he praised God for the blessing even before it happened come on now that's a good time to thank God way before it happens you be there's something about praising God and thanking God right now for like I said God I I, I got this dream I have God I'm, I'm thanking you for it now I'm praying and I'm asking you to do this particular thing in my life. And God, because I know that you're God and, you're, and you can make anything happen in my life, I'm going to thank you now. I'm going to thank you for how it works out. I'm going to thank you for doing it. Uh, God, I, I prayed a good prayer. God, I'm praying according to the will of God. God, I'm praying uh, a moved in my spirit about this. And God, I'm laying a hold of you. And so I'm going to thank you now. 
because I'm believing you and I know that you'll do it. I know you're going to help me. I know you're going to deliver me. I know you're going to move for me. And it says, and he pleased God. He praised God for, for, for this blessing. Even before it happened, he was completely sure that God, that, that God was well able to do anything that he promised. Do you believe the same way? If God makes you a promise, is, is God able to bring it to pass? If you read the word of God and there's a promise in there, you, run, you stumble across it, man, and, and it, it says this. God said this. He's speaking to us. It's written down. Do you believe it? This is all the more reason why we should press into the word of God and, and why we should read, man. I said, not for the, we're not, we only read for one reason. It's, okay, God wrote a will. God has, wants to give us things, but how can we claim it if we don't even know what it is? If God says, I'm going to prosper you, I want to see that. What do you mean you're going to prosper? Because I'm going to base my life on that. If you say you're going to heal me, God, I, I, I believe that you're going to heal me, but where does it say that? Because I want to lean on that. I want to see that in writing. And if it's saying it, then I'm going to claim it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to hold on to that because you made that promise and you don't lie. And see, we need this. We, we need something. In this world that we live in, we need some facts, real stuff, man. I'm talking, we, we need it from somebody who will keep a promise. I ain't talking about a politician. I ain't waiting for a politician to do something for you. I don't care who they are elect. I don't, you know, every year they have an elect, every four years there's an election and people rally up ah, and are frothing at the mouth. But you know that my life continues to be what it is because, for better or for worse, because of me. Come on now. It's not like they ever did it. And I'm talking about, I'm great. Everybody got their type of, you know, the person they like to see elected. But guess what? For every day, I do what I do. I make choices about my life. I make decisions. I, I, you know, I do what I do. And if anything's going to be better about my life, I'm not depending on the government to throw me a bone. Are you with me? I'm looking to God. I'd rather have him help me than anyone else help, help me. Because his faith was strong. He didn't worry about it that he was too old to be a father. He never, in verse 20, he never doubted. He believed God. He was completely sure that God was able to do anything that he promised. And in verse 22, and it says, because of Abraham's faith, God gave his sins, God forgave his sins and declared him not guilty. Because of his faith, because of his, you know, you ever feel like you're not right with God? You'd be surprised. I think a lot of times people are so, it, it, you, just the very simple fact that you believe Christ as your Savior, you'd be surprised what, how that works and what that does and what that has done in you. And for you, simply because you believe that. You say, you know what? It's like, I, I, I believe that Jesus is my Savior. I've accepted him in my life. Simple faith. This is that Abraham, because Abraham trusted God and believed God, he washed everything away. He accepted him the way he is. He, he imputed righteousness. He, he, looked, he said, this guy is okay. Why? 
Because he walks on water, he got his act together because he's so cute, so spiritual. No, simply because he believed me. Simply because he believed me. Which is a very powerful and an awesome thing in a world that we live in that people would simply believe God. We would trust God. And I'm not talking about fake faith, but the type of faith that holds on to him and clings to him. And we trust him. We believe him to work all things together for our good. You see, this is rare. I'm not talking about religious people playing religious games. I'm talking about God's children leaning and trusting and holding on to God and and letting God guide your life. How many believe that God's got good things for your life and he's leading you into it? He's guiding your footsteps. He's he's in complete control of every situation and circumstance. And for that reason, we don't have to worry or be afraid. And a world that constantly rubs wrong, I mean, comes up against us. And a world that says, no God, no righteousness, no purity, no holiness. It's a world without God. And we breathe the air. We're here. We rub shoulders with people who don't believe. And everything is about sex. Everything is about having a party and having a good time. And everything is anti-God. And here we are. And, and we say, you know what? I'm living for Jesus. And God says, man, I, I like that. The fact that you trust me and you believe me as the savior of your soul, I accept you. I accept you. And as far as like God says, and as far as I'm concerned, you're righteous in my sight. That's pretty intense to me. God says, you're okay. You're okay. I got you because you just simply believe me. And this is what Abraham did. Abraham says, you know what? I look at myself. I look around. I can't figure it all out. But God gave me a promise. And God, you said it. I believe you, Lord. And God says, because you believe me, that makes you okay in this life. It makes you right with me. It opens a door for me to help you, to protect you, to guide you, to establish a relationship simply because you believed me. You believed me. Because of Abraham's faith, God forgave him his sins and declared him not guilty and credited to him righteousness. Hallelujah. The issue here is do you believe this? Do you believe it? You see, because that, that's what makes all the difference in this life is, is our relationship with him. And everything, as far as our relationship with him, is linked to faith. The Bible says very clearly that without faith, we can't please him. He says, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. Just roll with me with this. I said, here you got Noah. And we know the story of Noah. And, and the Bible says that the world is is it, it, no one was serving God. No one is after God. No one cared. And just point at one man, one guy, one person, Noah. And Noah, in the face of everybody else, believed God. He believed God what? God came to Noah and said, I'm going to judge the earth. I'm going to flood it. He said, Noah, I want you to build an ark. And because uh, it's going to rain, and yet the world had never had rain all the way up to this point. But Noah, by faith, believed God. And because of his faith, he goes on and builds this ark. And you can't, and it says that he was building this thing for a hundred years. 
100 years. And not only that, but he got his family involved. Imagine, imagine God didn't speak to his family. God spoke to Noah, but Noah had enough influence in his family that when he spoke and challenged them to come the direction he was going, they came. And they helped and they built this thing. And I can't help but imagine all the laughter and the mockery and the finger pointing and people sitting out there, you know, lighting up the fat stogies, man. And, and let's just watch Noah build this ark on dry land. Let's build this boat. He says it's going to rain. Ha ah, ha, what, what is rain? It's never rained before. And he's talking about rain and a flood. And, and like I said, I can see them mocking and laughing. And like I said before, I said it was all a big joke until that first raindrop fell. Then it wasn't funny anymore, and he wasn't being laughed at. But nonetheless, this man and his family, they're saved uh, simply because of faith. It was their faith that saved them. It was the faith that opened the door for, uh, for God to help them and preserve them and put his hand upon their life. And, and so this is important. And it's important for us, and it's important for our children. It's important for everybody around us. Just very simple, powerful faith in God to work things out for us and through us. But it's so easy for us to doubt. It's so easy for us to fall in unbelief. And like I said, I read the news all the time, and you'd be surprised how many stories I read of people committing suicide or killing their loved ones and killing their kids simply because, and I mean, every day I can just read, the news comes up and there it is. And, and this man did this to this wife and his kids or this woman she did. And when you talk about a mother doing something to, her, to their kids, that really trips me out. But I mean, story after story after story, because somewhere, somehow something is lost where there is no hope. I can only help but believe us where there's a lack of hope and a lack of faith and a lack of confidence. And like I said, where there is no dream, it's over, we're stuck, this is where we are, this is the way it'll always be. And yet that is far from the truth when it comes to you and I living for God. Which brings me to my next point is talking about faith and hope, talking about hope. You ever hear the thing, the term believing is seeing? Show me and I'll believe. You show me and I'll believe it. But do you know in the kingdom of God is the exact opposite? That God says, uh, you believe and then I will show you. If you believe me, I will show you some things. If you believe me, I will open your eyes. I'll show you some things you could never understand or see or believe. If you can just, oh, if you can believe me first. He says, faith is the requirement. Faith is what gets God to move. Faith is what brings God into a situation. Faith is what cause, brings in the miracles and deliverance and the blessing and the healing. It's faith first. It's faith. And, and you and I as people of God, we really, children of God, of all people, we have to have faith. We got to believe God, especially in the world that we live in and the light and the things that press upon us. We have to believe. We have to. There's so much going on and so much drama and so many issues and so many failures and heartaches and heartbreaks and disappointments and stabs in the back. Okay, somebody has got to believe. And this is our responsibility before the Lord. You see, this promise had been given to Abraham. 
you're going to be a father of, a, of, of a many nations. You know what I mean? Your, your descendants is going to be like the stars in the sky, Abraham. I'm, I'm, I'm making you this promise, but there was nothing on the outside. There was no external helps. There was nothing to encourage him in this. There was no signs, no nothing. Just very simply, the word coming from God, a promise that I'm going to do this. The face, I don't know, you ever, you ever believe and you're trusting, you're hoping, and everything around you says, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. You're stupid for believing. Why do you even trust? Why do you even do this over and over again? It's like, and then the devil gets in on it. You know, life itself will do it to us. And then the devil goes, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if it was really going to happen, then it would look like this. And, and if God was really going to move for you, then this would happen and that would happen and things would make sense. Do you know that faith a lot of times doesn't make sense? And I'm talking about having faith in some of the most bad, the most strangest situations. But we're still required to have faith in those places. And it's in those places, it's the faith that brings God into these. This is what, what you call a miracle. No, it doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't. There's a lot of things in life that don't make sense, you know, except how it turns out. But have you ever know what I'm talking about? It didn't make sense, but you believed. Your, your back was against the wall. You don't know how you got out of jail. You don't know how you got healed. You don't know how the money came. You don't know how your marriage turned around. You say, it had to be a miracle because your faith brought God into it. It didn't make sense. You're supposed to pull the plug, cut your throat, finish this thing, you're done. And yet because you believed, because you believed, things turned around for you. You were going to quit. You were going to throw in the towel. But instead, you decided to believe one more time. You was going to trust God again. Amen. The Bible says that Abraham, he he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. And, and that word stagger, it means, to, it means to waver. You know, it means to separate. You know, it, it's, it's like you, you, to vacillate. You know, you're going back and forth. You're wobbling, you know. And he's talking about spiritually speaking. He, like I said, it, he didn't go back and forth, man, but he stayed steady. He stayed right on track. He stayed right on track. You know what I find that when people waver, and I'm talking to God's people because it's like, I've seen some Christians wig out, flip out, and lose it. And I don't know how, I, well, I do know how it all works out. You know, I know how it, how it happens, but what really, what I've discovered with people like this, when people flip out and wig out is, when the stuff hits the fan in their life, they simply have nothing to hold on to. You know, when a crisis happens, you know, when something blows up, man, and I've watched people melt down and flip out. And I ain't talking about people outside the church. I'm talking about people within the church. Wig out, flip out, do something stupid simply because, how about this, hell breaks loose against their life. And I realize that 
A lot of times God's own people have nothing to hold on to because for whatever reason, whatever, whatever reason, the, 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 the relationship with him was not there. You know, like I said, the, the believing part, the trusting part, the hoping part. When we talk about that faith thing, you no, know, we, we can come to church for different reasons and, and, and we're here. But, but it's all about God trying to deepen his relationship with you. And without that, and so when you don't have something to hold on to, yeah, you'll vacillate, you'll, you'll freak out, you'll wig out, you can lose it. When you, when you, like I said, you know, like I said, if you don't believe, if you don't start allowing yourself, establishing a faith relationship with God, when things come against your life, you're going to lose it. You're not going to get it. And we, as people of God, we don't, we don't have any guarantees that life is going to be perfect for us. God never said that. Never said it. And things do come down in life, and you and I got to be prepared for it. And the way that we're prepared for it is in our relationship with him, our relationship with God. And that is a faith relationship. God, I, I trust you. I don't get this. I don't understand this. But God, I understand you. I didn't see this coming, but I know that you see it, saw it coming. You know, you, you know all things. You know what was going to happen. And the Bible tells us very clearly that God doesn't allow things to happen in our life that we can't handle, you know, even the worst things. And he says, I'll, he's, he says, look, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'm on your side. I got you. I got you covered. I'm all up in your business. And, and so for that reason, you and I need to acknowledge that the Bible says that God is a very present help in the time of trouble. He's there. He's not distant. He's not away from you. He hasn't pulled back from us. And, and so, but the thing is, is that people flip out because we don't see it. We, don't, we haven't cultivated that in our relationship with him. And, and so for that reason, when things go bad in our life, we're, you know, and we're off this direction. We're off that direction when we should be steady and still and at the feet of Jesus. Can you say amen? We try everything. We try everything that we can to build security. Career and investments and family and relationships and material things. But when things get rough, when these things turn sour on us and we find ourselves at the end of the rope or our lives backed up in a corner, and it just reveals and expose where we really put our hope and our faith and our trust. And I tell you, if it ain't absolutely 100% in Christ, we're going to have problems. We will have problems. Natural hope was against Abraham. In verse 18, it says, who against hope believed in hope. Against hope believed in hope. I've been there. I don't know about you. I've been there a bunch of times, you know, where it's like, this don't make any sense and can't figure it out. I don't know how it's going to work. But God, I'm going to trust you. I can't figure this out. I don't get it. I don't know, but I'm going to put my trust in you. I have to do this. Because my, my, little, my little brain cannot figure it all out. I don't know about you, but your little brain can't figure it out either. We just can't. And there's some things that are so, you know, it can be so complicated. You know, so complex. So many different variables and things happening and things not happening. And the only thing that we can really do is trust God. Is God speaking to someone today about where you're at, what you're going through in your life? And it's like, it's, it might seem like it's, 
It might even seem, might seem stupid in the day and age that we live in. And the reason that we would think it is stupid because the world has pressed upon us and taught us and, 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 and planted seeds that we're supposed to think it's stupid when we have faith. But I tell you what, faith works. It works. Faith in God works better than the pill, better than a doctor's prescription, you know, better than stumbling into 7-Eleven trying to buy a lottery ticket and hoping that's going to hit, you know. Uh, I'd rather put my trust in God than in, the, than in the state lottery. How about you? Come on now. We're going to have to believe. There has to be, there's going to have to be, I'm talking about real people of faith. We're keeping it real this, this afternoon. For every situation, every circumstance, when it doesn't make sense, I'm going to have hope even when it looks like I shouldn't have hope. Because if I, if I lose this, you know, hope is powerful. Hope is very, very powerful. Very powerful. And do you know in order, do you, how about this? You can't, it's hard to have hope if you don't have faith. If you don't have, they're connected, they're linked. You, you, hope, is about, hope is about believing, expecting something you haven't seen yet. It hasn't come to pass. I'm hoping that this is going to happen, right? And I'm not just talking about roll of the dice hope when it comes to a Christian. Christian hope, we're hoping, we, we, knowing that God is working, we have a confidence, and I'm not hoping that I'm going to hit the lottery. You know what I mean? I'm hoping, like I said, my hope is different. My hope is linked to somebody, not to some balls being blown out of, you know, out of that thing, you know, bingo balls with numbers on it. No, my hope is in a person. My hope and my expectation is in a person, but I won't even have any hope. Hope is, is the, the Bible says, is the anchor of our soul. It keeps us from flipping out. It keeps us from losing it because we have hope. We, we're in a bad, okay, here you go. You're in a bad situation, a bad spot today. But because you have faith in God, it gives you hope that things are going to change. Things are not going to stay the way they are. Why? Because you have faith in God. You have faith in him and your faith produces hope. So today sucks, but you're able to get through it. Because you have a hope that it ain't always going to be like this. You're not always going to be alone. And you're not always going to be broke. You're not always going to be empty. You're not always going to be whatever you might be going through today. Why? Because you, you have faith in God that God changes things. He guides your footsteps. He leads you to green pastures and still waters because he is your shepherd. Every day, the Bible says his mercies are renewed. And no matter what's going on on this planet, it's almost like we could care less. Because I know, man, that God's got me. The Bible says that we are the apple of his eye. He sees us. The numbers of, our, of, our, uh, the numbers of hair on our head. He says not a bird dies. You know what I mean? There's a, not a sparrow falls to the ground and dies without him knowing it. And he says, we're much more important than a doggone sparrow. You with me? Faith produces hope. 
You know, it's not, I'm almost finished here. Most people love to hear stories of faith about the power of God, you know, but you know, that doesn't create people of faith. You know, I don't know, maybe I might might throw a little rock at you, just a little rock. You like reading about people, their stories and all that, you know, I got you. You want me to tell you what's more important than somebody else's story? Your story. Your story is more important. And that's what you want, your story. God, I'm glad you blessed so-and-so, but Lord, I need you to bless me. Is that asking too much? Are you with me? Yeah, I know you moved in at this period of time and in this particular church or this organization, but God, I need you to move here at keeping it real. It's not enough for me to read about revival. It's not enough for me to hear about something, you know, in somebody else's life, and I'm glad for it, and I can celebrate that, but God, I need you to do something here for us, for me, in my life. I want to have, let somebody talk about my story and let them encourage them. Come on now. But you know what? It's easy for us to just ride in the glory of other people and other things like that. No, you need your own, don't you? How many here can come up right now and stand behind this pulpit and give a testimony how God moved for you? You used to be like this, or you were in this situation, and, and it looks like it, you was never, nothing was ever going to change, but you believed God, and God did this. I mean, I got a story like that. Your arena, your life, your circumstances. And that's what we're contending for. This is what we have to have over and over and over again. People love victory, don't they? They love winners. I don't know about everybody. I am a genuine, classic Los Angeles fan. You know what that means? About, they, there's something bad about L.A. fans, and I'm one of them. Because, and, and, and some of you might be a little different. I know Reggie's different, Beto's different. You know, some of you are different, but ah, you know what? I'm a fan as long as you're winning. As long as the Lakers winning, I'll watch their games. If they ain't winning, I won't watch. I ain't even interested. I want to feel good. You know what I mean? That's, and so L.A. is known to have a lot of people like that. Then you got the committed ones that got Lakers on the back of their head, tattooed. I got you. I'm a little different than that person. Comes to living for God. You know what people want? You know what I think we need? We need to win. Yes, we do. We need to win. I mean, like I said, if I'm going to live for God, if somebody's telling me about God, Tell me about, I want to see somebody winning because you're living for Jesus. Something better than what I, I would be having. Give me a reason to stop shooting up. Give me a reason not to be sitting in the bar with some old bar fly. 
You know what I mean? Bottle of Jack Daniels and tears on my napkin because I've been crying about my stinking life. Give me something better. Are you with me? Give me a reason not to cut my throat and shoot everybody up and kill myself. Give me a reason. You know? That's why Jesus says you're supposed to be the light of the world. Doesn't mean that every problem in our life is fixed, but I tell you what, it makes a difference when we got some victories because we believed God. It makes a big difference when we got a testimony and we can stand up here and because, I'll tell you what's powerful, you get somebody to stand and say, you know what, Jesus, I was like this and Jesus did this, did this, did this in my life. And you'll call somebody, and, and like I said, there's nothing like giving a testimony and someone believes you. I mean, wow, you were like that? Then God will help me. Your marriage was messed up and God fixed it, then God will fix my marriage. Come on now. You mean I, I was going through this guilt and this shame about my life and my sins. I hate it. I'm trying to get away from it. I want to run, but I still feel dirty. I still feel filthy. You, you, Jesus came in your life and washed away the guilt and the shame and set you free from your sin. I, I want that. You know? It's not like, how about your family? And your family knows all the drama that you're going through, but you still have faith in God. You know, all hell is, doesn't mean everything is going right, because sometimes our lives can be totally upside down in different situations. But because of our relationship with Jesus, we still got the victory. We still got hope. We still can laugh. We still have joy. You know, or are you like this? When something, when your life is turned upside down, your family says, hide, their, hide her kids. No telling what she might do. Mm, come on now. Faith produces hope. Hope is the fuel of the human heart. It's what the heart runs on. Hope. And we got to have it. A car crash can paralyze the body, but the lack of hope will paralyze your soul. You won't believe, you won't dream, you won't come to church, you won't get up out of bed, you won't go to work, you won't live when you lose hope. Are you with me? It gives you the flip it thing attitude where you don't even care. I read this one time, it says, hope. hope is what prompts, a, what prompts a young man and woman to stand before a preacher, a young man and preacher, and promise, I do, even though they have no guarantee. Hope is what fuels the same couple many years later after broken promises and broken hearts to give the promise another try. Hope is why the human being, why... Why human beings keep bringing children into this messed up world. Hope is why there are hospitals and universities, therapists and consultants. No parent would agonize over a child without the hope of that child living a more nobler, happier and blessed life. Hope is what makes us continue to push forward and do what we do. Hope. Hope. Hallelujah. Can I stop right there? Can we do that? Can we, can we work on something right there?
And I do want to finish this with just one thing. Guess what? It's hard. Does that help? Suck it up. (laughs) That's what I like to say. But it's hard sometimes, ain't it? It ain't easy. But we don't get a pass. Because it's hard. And just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not God. Just because it's hard doesn't mean that we can't do it. It's hard. Some things God makes hard. I can't figure it out. I honestly do not know. I don't know. It's like, God, can't you do it a different way? And he doesn't answer. Couldn't this be different? Couldn't life be different? Couldn't it be a, it's just what, this is what we got. It's hard and it's like, and we still got to do what we have to do. Are you with me? We got to do what we have to do. Baby chickens, if you help them, I think if you, I think, I'm not sure about a chicken. I do know about a butterfly. If you help a butterfly out of its cocoon, it's trying to get out. If you cut the cocoon and help the butterfly out, the butterfly will never fly. Because God ordained the struggle to strengthen the butterfly so that it could fly. And there's a lot in life like that. There's a lot. And you and I need to have the attitude, let's do this. Let's do it. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not God. Every good thing in life is going to take work. And so guess what? How much work is it going to take, Pastor? I don't know, but we need to be willing to find out. And we do what we have to do. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired. For more information about our church, visit kirchurch.com or follow us on Instagram at kirchurch.com.